Our Lord, we come and we need you. We come and ask for your guidance. We come and ask for your illumination that you would show us wonderful things in your word and the wonderful things would affect our hearts and would stir us up to pray now. Thank you for accepting us because of the finished sacrifice of our Lord Jesus. We pray through his name. Amen. You can turn with me to Daniel chapter 9. I just put an outline there in the chat um, that I want to go through. And I titled this Breaking Out of Mechanical Praying. Perhaps sometimes we feel like that accurately describes our praying, the mechanical. When we pray so often, it, be it becomes so familiar sometimes that our prayers become like machines, lacking sincerity and the hardiness that the Lord desires. How do we break out of this? Well, we all know the fundamental answer to this is the Lord delivers us from this when we run to him, when we cry out to him. He renews us and he answers us and gives us his spirit of grace and supplication to pray sincerely and heartily. But I want to look today at one of the means the Lord uses to aid us in this regard, and that is the prayers of other believers that he gives us in scripture. These prayers are recorded for our instruction so that through the endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope and they can be a tremendous help to us in prayer. One of the most instructive and inspiring prayers among the prophets is this one in Daniel 9. And I know most of us are familiar with this. We've covered this before, but I want to go over it again and consider it because Daniel was a man of habitual prayer. We read in chapter six that he, three times a day, he opens his windows toward Jerusalem, gets down on his knees, and he prays to the Lord and thanks the Lord as well. But when we see his recorded prayers, we see a man that's just filled with a great desire, a heart um, for the Lord. And so I want to look at this, just the introduction to his prayer today and consider these principles that can help us to pray with sincerity and with heartiness. First of all, we look at chapter 9, verse 2, when we see Daniel's meditation on the word. The word of the Lord says, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Daniel is spending time in the books of Jeremiah and discovers that 70 years are almost up. And this is like a spark that sets off this whole prayer. Leonard Ravenhill said, just one seed thought gathered from the word of God may spark a man off in prayer for hours. And it seems like this is what happens here. Daniel tells us, his heart is set off when he realizes that God's plan is coming to fulfillment. As a teenager, Jeremiah made this prophecy. And then here, 70 years later, so long after, 
it's coming to Daniel is realizing that this is literally coming to fulfillment. And so he's bringing this before the Lord uh, as, as God's word, longing for it to come to pass. And so should the word of God do for us today. The word of God is what, what sets us off praying heartily unto the Lord. God didn't just give his word to us just to increase our knowledge or to stimulate our intellects or to fascinate our curiosities. God intended more than this. God revealed his truth to us to awaken our faith, to stir up our desires, to invigorate our wills. And for Daniel, meditation on the word of God wasn't just an exercise to enlighten his mind. It invigorated his will. He, he didn't just learn about God's plan for restoring Israel and thought, wow, that's very interesting. No, when God's purpose was revealed to him, his heart began to pound with this fresh resolve, saying, if, if the Lord has promised that he's going to do this, then I'm going to throw my whole heart into seeking the Lord to fulfill what he promised he would do. And this is what exactly is, is the case of verse three. Look at verse three. It says, and I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. He determined to seek God's will. The term is set his face unto the Lord. This is a term of resolved determination. He was going to seek the Lord, that the Lord would fulfill his grand purpose for Israel. And our Savior had the same determination. We see in Luke chapter 9, it records that Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. He knew the Passover was approaching, and he knew that the Father had chosen him as the spotless lamb that would be sacrificed, the ultimate Passover lamb that would take away the sins of the world and satisfy the wrath of God. Jesus was determined to do his father's will. How many times does he say it in John? I've, I've come to do my father's will, just absolute committed to his father's will. And he taught his disciples to, to pray the same way. He said, you need to pray. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when the spirit reveals to us the will of God through the word, we should respond by renewing our resolve that we are going to plead for these precepts we read or this prophecy or this promise. We are going to plead them that they may be fulfilled and say, do it, Lord, do just as you say right here. Do what you say so that you would be glorified in my life, in my family, in my church, in my community. Lord, do what you said. This is the kind of hearty praying that God calls us to. Third, we see Daniel in verse three, that he gives himself to fasting and sackcloth ashes. Notice the morning and his seriousness about humbling himself before the Lord because of this prophecy, as well as the sins of Israel that he, he took as his own. And then fourthly, we see that he acknowledges the Lord. 
Notice again, I'll read verse three and four. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. Notice where Daniel's focus is in these verses. It's not primarily on the prophecy. And if you read down through his prayer, yes, he's talking about the prophet. He's talk talking about Israel's sin and God's plan. But his primary focus is on the Lord himself. He sets his face to the Lord God. He's seeking him. He's praying unto, notice all capitalized, Lord, Yahweh, my God, the God who made a covenant with Israel. And, and all throughout this prayer, he keeps bringing up the names of God, Adonai, Elohim, Yahweh. And he keeps bringing up the character of God, the great, the awe-inspiring God, the the one who keeps his covenant, the merciful God, his whole prayers is filled with God because he's keenly aware of who he's talking to. He recognizes he's talking to a person, a real person, not just an abstract force. And this is so key in, in escaping from mechanical praying. We are coming into the presence of the Lord himself. Have you ever prayed and then look back and realize that you never actually consciously acknowledged God. I have in, in private prayer. Sometimes we, we come to the point where we realize we were just, just praying to ourselves and in corporate prayer, we realize that we just prayed to the listeners and we totally forgot the Lord. May the Lord help us and deliver us from these tendencies and awaken our faith in the reality of his presence with us. Spurgeon said, it is the realization of that second person as really present, the consciousness of the divine presence, which makes prayer real. The Lord really comes among us when we pray. May the Lord also help us to remember his majesty, as Solomon reminds us in Ecclesiastes 5 to be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. The fifth point we see is this whole prayer is, in, in Daniel 9, is, is focused on confession and supplication. And the core of Daniel's prayer, of course, is this is the, example, the key example of corporate confession in, in, in the word of God. He's, he's bringing the sins of Israel and acknowledging them before the Lord. He's calling them out by name. And here is a common method of the spirit that he uses to break us out of mechanical prayer by showing us our sin and moving us to confess it as well as the sins of, of our church or people. And when we come with this card of confession and honesty about sin, then we taste anew the sweet mercy of God in Christ. And that brightens our eyes. It enlivens our hearts. And then we have supplication. He mentions his supplication, and this is the end of the prayer, the last few verses, that 
here he's coming with a real need for the Lord to restore Israel. What is supplication? It's an urgent request to meet a need. It's those who are bothered by a need or a desire that truly supplicate. There's a quote by Thomas Boston that's really helped me in this regard. He said, those that are most pinched with their sense of need will readily come with best speed to the throne of grace. Those that are most pinched with their sense of need. Is there something pinching us? That is what we take to the Lord in prayer. Is there some godly desire burning in our hearts that's, that's worth pleading for? That's what we should take to the Lord in prayer. Spurgeon urged us, he said, let us always have something to plead for pleading is the very marrow of prayer. In conclusion, I want to praise the Lord that the success of our prayers are not dependent on how sincere and hearty we are. Because we have a gracious father who loves to hear his children's voices address him and cry out to him, our prayers are accepted. Our father especially loves to hear his one and only beloved son, our Lord Jesus, who bled and died so that we could have this access to him. And our Lord Jesus always lives to make intercession for us. And not just that, our father delights in hearing the voice of his spirit and the discerning mind of his spirit. He knows the spirit of God who's always making intercession for us and helping us in our weakness when we pray. So when we come to pray, we can be confident we have the divine helpers, all three persons of the Trinity, uniting together to help us to pray sincerely and to pray heartily. And he invites us to come. We're coming here with already invitations. And he provokes us to come with great promises. One like, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. What a promise that is. So let us go to the Lord and pray to him heartily and sincerely, and he will receive us. Amen.